0: Okay, there we go. Thank you so much, Casey. We really appreciate her work and the team of all all the people who serve uh, behind the scenes to help us get to that point. And yeah, we love it because we are uh, a new name, right? A new name for our church, yet we're the same mission that we've always had, to help people follow Jesus. And we thought, hey, let's keep this mark. We love it. I mean, I think it's awesome. So these stickers that we have, I hope everybody got one um, coming in, but we have more than enough for everybody. So you can take one, you can take a couple. We want you to, to see these everywhere, okay? You can put them on your car, put them on your guitar case. I think I saw Sawyer have it on his guitar case. Wherever you have, so because we want to to represent this name in our community. So I hope that you guys are excited about that. And In fact, our message for today, it still is in our series at our core, but we're going to take a slight uh, detour just for this week because we're going to talk about this name. So it fits into our core of who we are at our core, but we're going to talk about this name and, and the scriptural backing for it. Um, hey, Kevin, I, I can't really see you behind here, but I see you, man. Okay, and I, I see you guys in the back, too. Um, but we're, so we're going to do that. Um, so in, in just a second, we're going to jump into Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. And if you have a smartphone or a Bible, go ahead and flip there. Um, but before we do, uh, I, I feel like it's a good week that we pray for our nation, um, for uh, those in leadership. So we're going to take a minute to do that because we we're actually commanded to pray for kings and those in authority in both 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and in 2 Peter So since we're commanded to do it at least twice, we better pray for our country, pray for our leaders, and for the next leader coming in. So would you guys join with me in a prayer right now? Is that all right? Um, Lord God, we pray for our country. Um, Lord God, for the United States that we all live in, um, I pray that you would uh, bless us and protect us. Lord God, we are in a difficult season, and we just pray that you protect us. We pray that you bring an end to the coronavirus very quickly, um, that you'd keep people safe and healthy. Give people in positions of authority wisdom for how they handle things. Whether it's those in um, the, you know, the National Institute for Health or, or who are advising President Trump, we pray that you give them wisdom to know how to handle this virus and all the other difficult uh, things that are going on in our nation. We pray especially right now for President Trump and First Lady Melania, and for those senators right now who have come down with the coronavirus. We pray for full healing and that that healing would happen quickly. We also pray for this election coming up. God, we we just ask that you would put the right person into that position because it is, it seems like in our world, the most powerful position in the world, and we know that you are the one who is behind all authorities, that they are put there by you. So, Lord God, we ask that you would put the right person there, and we also pray that you would bring an end to division in our nation. No matter who wins this election coming up this month, Lord God, would we be able to be united as a people to move forward to help those who are hurting and be a place uh, in our world for those who are are seeking to improve their life. And most importantly, Lord God, we pray for a revival in our nation, that you would um, bring more and more people to, to see the light that is Jesus Christ. And we pray that we would be able to be that light here locally in Denver. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I think we can all be praying a lot this month, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so we are going to be in Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. Um, because it does seem like right now is a time of darkness. You know, yes, it's bright. Yes, it's Colorado, so we get 300 plus days of sunshine. Man, I, I like that we get sunshine here, right? Even on a cool morning, we got sun. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's beautiful, Right. And yet we know that though it is bright outside, there is darkness in our world, in our country and in our city. You know, I was driving around our neighborhood this week and I saw a sign and you've seen this and people have yard signs all over the place right now. Right. But this yard sign said, vote him out or we'll we're all going to die. That's what it said. Vote him out or we're all going to die. And I was like, Whoa. Like, that's taking it to another level, right? Because if people actually are saying, hey, if, if this president doesn't get in that I want, we're all going to die. And I thought, wow, that is a bleak statement. That's a bleak statement. And, and I'm not saying anything about this person's politics or your politics, because we're united in Christ. We believe that. But what I am saying is that there's a bleakness right now. There's a sense of despair and hopelessness. And I've seen it on the other side of the political spectrum too. if trump doesn't get reelected oh my gosh it's going to be the end of our uh, government as we know it we're all the economy's just going to tank and we're all going to be homeless okay i've seen it on both sides of the aisle so i'm not saying one political side or the other in fact i see it everywhere there's just a sense of bleakness i've had conversations with people and people will say things like i just don't think it's a good time to bring a child into the world could you imagine a kid growing up in this world i mean we think it's not even a time for, for people to be living in That's the sense of darkness and despair that is getting into our hearts and in our world. I want to talk um, a little bit about what's going on, but what we see with the pandemic with over 200,000 lives lost, looking at the flu season come up, people are calling this the pandemic winter. We, We see in our country still today, fires burning, houses being destroyed. We see more hurricanes than there are letters in the alphabet. This is a bleak time. Even Weird Al, did you see his new song this week? Weird Al's song was entitled, We're All Doomed. I mean, he's supposed to be like the entertainment, right? Lift our spirits. We're all doomed. That's the thought right now. That is the darkness that I'm talking about. But let's talk about our city, our our, our state. In our city, it's struggling right now. In, In the year 2000, the Denver metro area had 44 neighborhoods that were considered high poverty. Today, that's 111 neighborhoods. The average debt uh, per capita in our city is $71,000 of consumer debt. That is $21,000 of debt higher than the national average. Homelessness, specifically chronic individual homelessness, is at its highest rate in years. We have the highest number of violent crimes in over a decade in our city. And this is infiltrating even into our kids and our youth. One in three middle and high school students in Denver feel persistently sad or hopeless. That means for a period of over two weeks, they feel that. Teen suicide rates have increased 58% statewide over the last three years. Nearly one out of four adults is suffering from a major depressive disorder in our city. And in our state, the uh, rates of poor mental health is nine times higher this year than last year. Nine times higher. I mean, we just look at the statistics. We talk to people. Some of us feel it right now. we, We just feel a sense of darkness. That things aren't getting better. Oh, my gosh, they're getting worse. Is this the end? How many conversations have people asked me? Is this the end? Is Christ coming back if you're a believer? Is this the end of the world as we know it? The end of our nation? We're asking this because there's a sense of hopelessness and despair all around us. That's the darkness that I'm talking about and what God is talking about in this passage today. But it's in that darkness that we are called, no, commanded to shine. We're commanded to shine. I was reminded this week of one of my favorite scenes in The Lord of the Rings. I love the books, I love the movies where Frodo approaches Gandalf and he says, I wish none of this had happened. Do you remember the scene? I wish none of this would happen. To which Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. I love that line. And I think since Tolkien was a Christian, <laughs> I, I think we can see that, yes, none of us wish we would have lived in 2020. Man, we would have liked, there's people that were born, lived, and died without ever seeing a pandemic in our nation, right? Have not seen the things that we have seen. And yet, this is the time that we have been placed in, that we have been called to follow Jesus in and to shine in the darkness of our world. And that's what we're going to do. And we, as we pick up this new name as a Rise Church Denver, I hope that we pick up this idea that we need to be the ones to shine hope into the world into the darkness that is all around us because we and we alone have the true hope because in Jesus is the light of life and we are commanded to shine, we are called to shine and we can do it as a church. You guys up for it? I hope so. What, one of the, the things that I want to do over, over this next season is that we can strive to deliver hope to every home. Just think about the homes on your street, the homes in your neighborhood. Could we deliver hope to every home? Just like Amazon is, is delivering packages into every home around us, right? Just like Netflix, just like Hulu, and, and all those different streaming services are going to every home in the area. Why can't we bring the hope of Jesus Christ into every home as well? And I think we can do that as a Rise Church Denver. So I'm going to read this whole passage. We're going to cover verses 1 through 3 in Isaiah chapter 60. And really this whole chapters on this theme, so if you want to do some further study, I encourage you to do it. But we're just going to cover verses 1 through 3 today, and I'm going to read this whole passage. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I love this passage, and I'm so glad when we picked the name that, that it kind of arose from this passage because it's such a powerful Scripture. As God is speaking through Isaiah in a terribly dark time, a terribly dark time, that He is saying, arise, it's time to shine. It's time to get up. Stop cowering in fear and hiding and saying, oh my gosh, what is the world coming to? No, no, no. It's time to get up, to arise and shine in the darkness. Look at verse 1 where it says arise, shine. Both those words are commands. They're imperatives. They're imperatives, meaning we are supposed to do these things. That we can actually do these things in, in our natural state. That means we're not doing them. So that means we need to step up. We need to rise up and we need to shine. So this whole passage is teaching us what to do. You guys tracking with me on that? It's commanding us to do something that we're not. Arise and shine. And it says shine because this idea of the the imagery of light and darkness is such an important one throughout the Scriptures. If you look in the Bible, on the very first page of our Scriptures, it talks about light. God created the light, right? And on the very last page of our Scriptures, in Revelation, it talks about the light that was in the city. The new city where the new heavens and the new earth have come together. See, light occurs... Over 200 times in the scriptures. Okay? This is a theme that's throughout the whole scriptures. From the beginning to the end. This idea of light. And we are commanded here to be the light. And I think that's so interesting. Because it says, Arise, shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So it's using the, the glory of God that's the light. Like the sun that's rising in the sky, right? That's kind of the image that you're supposed to have in the back of your mind. It even talks about dawn in verse 3. This, the sun is rising. And that's God. He's the light that's shining in the world, but yet it, it is commanding us to shine. Now, we talked about this briefly last week, if you, you heard our message on bold outreach. But but it's saying, hey, God is is the light, and yet we are the light. Now, this is one of those paradoxes I think we should spend a lot of time thinking about. It, it was like this week, I don't know if you guys are watching the NBA finals, but there was an interview with one of the players from the Miami Heat after game one, and The player said, yeah, it's just so hard to go out there and play against LeBron James, the greatest player in the world. And then two seconds later he said, yeah, and Anthony Davis, he's so great. I mean, he's the greatest player in the world. And I was like, oh, which one is it? You know, who's the greatest player in the world? But that's what it felt like. Okay, oh my gosh, there's something going on here that those guys are really good. They're both amazing. And and what God is saying is, I am the light of the world. Jesus, in fact, said that in John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. I've come into the world. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light of the world who's coming. We must look to that light, and yet also Jesus commanded us in Matthew 5:14 that we saw last week, "You are the light of the world." Well, which one is it? Is Jesus just mixed up? Like, no, 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 you're the light. We're just like, yeah, nothing, right? No, no, no. Jesus is the light, and we are the light. How is that possible? Well, because that light shines through us. It's not our light. We're not the sources of light. We're like the moon reflecting the sun, right? We're reflecting the Son of God Himself in this world. We are the light of the world because Jesus is the light, and if He lives in us, perhaps as a kid you asked Jesus into your heart. You know, that's His Holy Spirit. He, you, when you ask Him, in, He's living inside of you. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And that light is the light that's shining out within you. Even in John eight twelve, when Jesus did call Himself the light of the world, It says, um, when Jesus spoke again to all the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you see that? I am the light of the world, and yet if you follow me, that light will be in you. You are the light of the world. So we must realize that, yes, Jesus is the source of all light, but we are called to reflect that light to all around us so that they can see the light. Look in verse two with me. It says this light is so important because darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. There's this repetition, which is very common in Hebrew poetry or here Hebrew prophecy, that there's the darkness and thick darkness. I, I, I did a study on this this phrase, thick darkness, this this word, and that word, thick darkness, can be translated as gloom or despair, or even as dark clouds. It is most often seen in the entire Hebrew Scriptures. With clouds. Okay, so it's saying that there's a thick cloud that you cannot see through and it's a darkness. So it's not just like a lack of light, but it's also a thick thing that you can't even see through. Okay, this is like a, a terrible fog. Anybody, anybody driven through a terrible fog? I remember years ago I went up camping uh, um, up by, you know, Fairview, um, and, and I was coming down in the mountains, Highway 24 into Colorado Springs, and it was just driving through the canyon, and there was just fog everywhere. You couldn't even see a foot or two in front. Has anybody been in fog like that? It's terrifying. I mean, you drive so slow, cause, and then you have your brights on, you have your fog lights on. Uh, maybe not your brights, but you have your fog lights on. You've got, you got to make sure people can see you behind you. You've got your blinkers going. Okay, so you're, you're like, okay, I don't want to get hit. I don't want to hit anybody else. I'm going to drive super slow because it is terrifying. And if you're in that fog and in darkness, it's double despairing, right? And what God is saying is that's what the world is right now. And in Isaiah's time, it, it was right after the Babylonians had come in and wiped out the entire nation, destroyed them and taken the people that lived there and moved them hundreds if not thousands of miles away to live in exile. And it's in that time that they're far away from home, that they are lonely, that they have none of the traditions and food and, and life that they thought they were going to live with. They, they thought their life was going to be a certain way and it turned out a little bit differently. Do we have any familiarity with that, I didn't think 2020 would be like this. <laughs> I shared on our business meeting last week, and we had a great business meeting. I hope for some of you guys were able to join in on that. Chris Webb, I saw him coming in. Chris, are you here? Chris Webb, he's our new elder. Welcome. Let's welcome Chris onto the new elder board. We're excited about that. Um, but yeah, at our business meeting, I shared like... I had at the beginning of the year, things were going great in our church. We had the biggest uh, season of growth we ever had. We were planning and praying and anticipating seeing over a thousand people on Easter. It might have been a little ambitious, but we were having plans. We were having strategies, all sorts of stuff. Man, you should have seen the plans I wrote down in January and February. They are beautiful. Beautiful. But it doesn't look like that at all right now, does it? (laughs) I didn't expect this. I, I didn't expect this. I mean, this is amazing. I'm so glad we have this yard that we can worship in together. But this is not what I expected to see. None of us expected this. Those of you who are graduating this year from school, you're thinking, I did not expect this. I didn't expect to start college like this. I didn't expect to be raising my kids through this. Or my teenagers to have to deal with being online and now in person. Or Okay, maybe some are online, some are in person. Half and half, back and forth. None of us wanted this, right? None of us wanted to be worried and wary every time we hang out with another person. Uh Uh-oh, am I going to get sick? Am I going to get them sick? Got to be careful. We've not been able to see our family. We've we've been isolated. We haven't been able to see friends like we want to. Some of you are watching online and you haven't been at all in person. And that's okay. We love you. We want you to join us online. Because right now is a difficult time. This is not what we wanted. It feels like darkness. And if we focus on it, we cannot see anything past it. When will it get better? Have you read any of the articles about the pandemic experts, oh, it'll be, it'll be better by the fall. Oh, next year, two years from now, three years from now, eight years from now. I don't know. Everybody has a different opinion, right? Will it ever go back to normal? No, it's going to be a new normal. We'll never go back to the way things were. All the experts know nothing. Nobody can see past the thick darkness that is in front of us. And yet it is into that darkness that God has placed us and he has called us to shine. You know, this, this year, You know, I guess I've referenced basketball twice. Sorry, ladies. But Kobe Bryant died this year, remember? And, and eight other people on a helicopter crash, crash in January. Man, it feels like years ago. And yet, if you read some of the story, this helicopter was flying in a dense, thick fog. And the helicopter crashed into the side of a hill. And, and what I read in one news story was that that helicopter was just 100 feet From where they could have seen, where the fog would have cleared a hundred feet, and yet instead they crashed and burned. And I think right now we're in that position. We feel like there's a dense fog, we can't see around it. It seems just like utter darkness, and yet I think God is saying that there is clearing, there is light. Don't give up now, don't despair. It's time to shine. So if you're here and you're, you're watching and, and you're feeling some of these, this darkness in your own life, you're feeling despair and hopelessness, depression, maybe, maybe you're some of the people that for the first time in your life maybe are, are going to get help from a therapist. That's okay. If you're feeling that, that's, that's normal in this time like this. This sense of despair is all around us. That that if you're the teenager struggling with your parents or your parents struggling with with kids and you're saying, how can I do this? How can I balance both of us working and the kids staying home? How how the heck can we do any of it? It just seems like it'll never end. But yet, though it seems like there's darkness, there is light. And and we can be the light. And I think God is speaking to each one of us wherever you are. Maybe you're feeling great. You've had a great week. Or, Or maybe it's been the hardest week, month, year of your life. God is saying, I want to bring light into your life and through you into the lives of others. To shine. And what's amazing here in verse 3, it says, you know, when we do do this, when we shine, when we allow God's light to shine through us, it says in verse 3, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This was a major turning point that's being prophesied here because up till this point, God had only been for one nation. The nation he had called through Abraham and through the nation of Israel. And yet here he's saying nations will come to this light. That word that nation gets translated into the Greek as ethnos, which we get the word ethnicity. All peoples will come to the light that is coming into the world. And we know that that light has come through Jesus Christ. And that's why when it says that nations will come, we know that we, most of us, maybe, there's a, I know there's a few of us, almost all of us are not Jewish And yet we are here worshiping God together. Uh, The people in Isaiah's day when this was prophesied had no idea that the United States would ever exist or even that there was land across that big seaway over there, right? And yet here we are. Yet here we are worshiping. Nations have come. And it says kings to the brightness of your dawn. One of the most amazing things if you study um, Christian history um, and what's really interesting, I studied it at CSU under not-Christian professors, and then I went to seminary and, you know, I, I got to see both perspectives. But what's one of the interesting things that everyone talks about is the Roman Empire. Because the Roman Empire hated Christians. They were this tiny little sect that they hated, they persecuted, they killed, they would take them, they would strip them naked, they would take Christians and they would throw them into the games to be eaten by wild animals. Dozens, hundreds of Christians were eaten by lions while people watched in the Colosseum. And yet, just a few hundred years later, the Roman Empire was a Christian empire. If if you've ever studied this history, it's fascinating whether you look at it from secular or from a Christian perspective. Everybody's trying to figure out how the heck did this happen? How did they go from hating, killing, murdering Christians to an entire Christian empire that would spread Christianity around the globe? And you see one king and emperor named Constantine. And in 312 A.D., he had a conversion to Christianity. From being a pagan to all of a sudden being a Christian. And then uh, just a few years later, he not only made it legal to be a Christian, because up to that point it was illegal, but then he turned around and he made it the religion of the empire. That is an incredible thing to happen in within, just, within 300 years of Jesus' death to grow from 12 disciples to 120 to 3,000 to 5,000 to millions in 300 years. Because nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So it's prophesied and it's happening. It's not just in the Roman Empire. There's been other countries, nations, and empires where we've seen the same thing if you study the history of the world. It's amazing that this prophecy took place. Because the light that shines is bright. And one of the amazing things, some of you are like, well, Matt, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like our nation's turning anti-Christian. It seems like it's hard. I don't even want to let people know I'm a Christian because they're going to say, oh, you're just one of those hate-filled hypocrites. And sometimes we're like, well, yes, (laughs) that is true. I I struggle with issues. I am a hypocrite. I'm not living the way I should. I'm not as kind or as loving as I should. We, We have to admit that's true. But that's one of the things. It says to the brightness of your dawn. I think dawn is an interesting image because when it's dawn, there's still a lot of darkness. There can still be the thick clouds that you can't see through. And and yet sometimes it only seems like there's just a glimmer of light. There's just a little bit of light peeking over the horizon. But that's what we are. Even if it's just a little bit, even if you feel like there's so much darkness, so much despair, so much hopelessness, so much suicide, we know that we can be the light even if it's just a, a glimmer Because without it, it's just utter darkness. And we need to shine. We need to step up. We need to arise and shine. Because Jesus did come into the world. The light of the world. The light of the world stepped down into darkness. And He came and lived among us and showed us the actual perfect follower of God, right? Because He was not a hypocrite. He was not hate-filled. He loved everyone. The least, the last, the lost. That he laid down everything, he he washed his disciples' feet, he cared for the orphan and the widow, and yet he still was beaten and killed by that Roman Empire. And what's really interesting in the Gospel of Matthew, it tells us that when Jesus died, the sky turned utterly black. Did you know that? Because the light seemed like it had been snuffed out from the world. And yet we know that was not the end of the story because on the third day, as dawn came, the tomb was empty and Jesus had risen from the dead to prove that God has all power in the world over the enemy, over the darkness that is all around us. And Jesus began that light shining and through his disciples, now going from 12 to 120 to to 3,000 to 5,000 to the 2.3 billion people who claim the name of Christ today, that light is shining and the dawn is rising even if it seems like darkness. And it is into that world that we need to arise And shine. So we've been called and commanded to. So if you're here and you've been saying, Oh my gosh, the world's getting so bad. Our our nation is so awful and evil. Oh my gosh, this is the worst election ever. I have to choose between these two people. If you're one of those people and you're just feeling despair. I I was reminded of the words of of Carl F.H. Henry. He was a, a Christian historian. And he said that the early Christians did not say, Look what the world is coming to. But look what has come into the world. What if we were those kind of people? Yeah. What if we were the people not despairing and complaining and worrying, but we were the people to bring a word of hope and encouragement to those around us? That when everybody else is saying, Oh my gosh, everything is getting so bad and awful and evil and violence and all sorts of stuff, that we can say, No, no, no. We have hope because of Jesus Christ. I have a hope inside of me and I can shine that to other people. Just imagine how that would change our relationships, our families, if we had hope instead of despair. If we were going around into our workplaces, man, our workplaces are some of the most complaining environments there are around, right? You know what I'm talking about. What if we could come and bring light and encouragement and hope? What if into our city, which is seeming to get worse right now, that we could bring light and help people and bring hope to all around us? What if we could deliver hope into every home? I think it would transform our city and our world. And that's what we're called to arise to right now. That's what we're called to arise to, to deliver hope to every home. Now, I'm going to be talking about this idea of delivering hope to every home for for the next several months, okay? We're just getting started right now, and we're going to have all sorts of stuff, and you guys are going to have some ideas to how to do that as well. But today, I want to challenge you to do one thing this week. Does everybody have one of these stickers? If you don't have one, could you raise your hand? Could you raise your hand? Randy, I think we have some over here. Um... And what we're going to do is, is I want you guys to all have at least one of these. And, and this is just a challenge for you, okay? We talked last week about being bold, but maybe this week the step of boldness is for you to think of one home around you. Maybe it's a person living in an apartment next to you or a house. You think that hope that home needs hope. I want you to use this sticker somehow. or You don't have to use this sticker if you don't want to, but I want you to get into a conversation about our new name. Okay, that's a pretty simple icebreaker, right? Hey, did you see our church change name? They'd be like, oh, what church, you know? I didn't know you go to church. Okay, you started a conversation. I just want you to step up and be a little bold. Have one conversation to tell somebody about the name of our church. That's a pretty simple thing, right? Do you think we could all do that? I want you to even think right now, what's the home around me that, that I want to start with first? Melissa and I were talking this week about this, and a couple of our neighbors, are they're both teachers, and they're, they're having, teachers are having a hard time right now. I know some of you teachers out here. We're like, what can we do to help and, and, and bring some hope to them? So we're thinking through that. That's That's our home next to us that we're going to work on right? have a conversation maybe even do something special to show them that we love them and appreciate them but I want you to just think how could I have one conversation this week about our church with someone who needs hope this is just the first step but I think we can we can start there right is that a challenge we're all up for Okay, just have a conversation about our church if it leads to something bigger if it leads to you inviting them here that'd be awesome I love it but just let's start small right let's have that one conversation Let's have the one conversation that's a challenge for all of you and this week at your community group, you're going to be talking about it. Okay, that means your community group is going to be challenging you to make sure you had that conversation. So come with a story to your community group this week, even if it's like I was terrified, and all as I said was a rise for change. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, but I I did it. Okay, awesome. Show up at your community group and tell them your story this week. Hey, this is Matt Wolf again, lead pastor of Stapleton Church. If you have benefited at all from our ministry today, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, subscribe. Subscribe on whatever device you're using so that you can make sure that you get our messages and services every single week. The second thing I want to do is I want to get to know you. There's some people that have been joining us online this summer in the pandemic, and I still haven't had a chance to get to know you. And I care about you. I love you. I want to be your pastor. So if you could, fill out the form at stapletonchurch.com slash new. And I want to reach out to you personally to get to know you. Please do that. And the third thing is to give. If you have benefited from our ministry, if we've helped you take a step in your journey to follow after Jesus, please go to stapletonchurch.com slash give and set up a recurring gift to our church so that it would not only support our ministry, but our ministry around the world so that you would be helped to follow Jesus and other people would be helped to follow Jesus so we can multiply our effectiveness in this world. Please go to stapletonchurch.com/give and I will see you next week.